Hello there. Today we are going to talk about the age-old debate in Marvel Crisis Protocol about mono-affiliation versus dual affiliation. My name is Matthew, and welcome to the Gamers Club. So today we are going to talk about mono versus dual affiliation, and with us we have one of our more consistent hosts in Justin. Hi, Justin. Howdy. How you doing? I'm doing excellent. I'm, I'm excited to talk about this topic because I want more people to play dual affiliations because it's a fun thing to do in this game. Well, we'll definitely go more into why that is for you. For me, <laughs> might be a little different. Might be a little different, but and also all the way from the Star Wars Shatterpoint side of this podcast, Kenny G, welcome. What's up, what's up, what's up? Contrary to popular belief that Rosane may be spreading, I am not leaving MCP. I am just dabbling in both MCP and Shatterpoint. Two games are hard to, to juggle, I'm just saying. You're a jack of especially, all trades. Especially like podcast level games, you know. You can you can just casually play a game on the side, but having two games you're invested in that you podcast about, that's rough. I mean, it's easy to talk about stuff when I normally don't know what I'm talking about anyway. So fair. Fair. Yeah. No, that's that's great. That's the qualification we want when we're giving people advice. That's yep. why you guys brought me on, right? So. This is true. <laughs> this is true. I know just as much as our listeners do. We we dropped Kenny out and we brought in Justin, and I think that is a net positive in terms of the knowledge quotient. I'll agree with that. <laughs> I, I'm I'm trying not to hint at the fact that I also record with Kenny with the Shatterpoint. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I haven't listened to that podcast. Where do I find that podcast? You find it right here in our Gamers Guild feed, the same one where you post this. Oh. Literally, it's like the the previous episode after you listen to this one will be the, the Shatterpoint. What? Yep. Wait, wait, hold on a second. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Well, hot dang it. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> we know what we're talking about. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all right. I'm in. I'm in on it. So uh, we should. Uh, so we got two games. We're doing two games. Okay, but right now we're going to talk about whether we're doing one affiliation or two affiliations. But, yeah, not one game or two games. Right, right. But before we do that, let's dive into a little bit of what everybody's playing. And Kenny, since you're more or less a guest at this point, uh, you go. You can go <laughs> first and say uh, what is your uh, what have you been playing lately in Marvel Crisis Protocol. Um, I have been playing, I mean, I've just gone back to Black Order a bunch, um, just cause I know them. And so when I go back to the game shop and want to play a more competitive game with Merzane, um, that's usually what I'll lean to just cause I don't have the reps with anything else. Um, and then outside of that, um, I've been dabbling with, um, a dual affiliation roster, uh, the web warriors and the a force. And then I've also tried a little bit of convocation. My brain was not big enough for it. And so that's why I went webs and A-Force, but also because Spider-Woman is my new favorite character, sort of. At least my new one that I really want to play. Well, so. Wait a minute. Okay. 
web warriors in a four. You're gonna have to go a little bit more into that because that's a that's a that's a spicy dual affiliation there. Uh, yeah, it's mostly because um, I wanted to play um webs and because I wanted to play Spider Woman and Agent Venom, the new pieces that just released. Um, and also I just wanted to play dual affiliation because it sounded fun. Um, and so I chose a force because black cat was also affiliated there. Um, I thought about going shield, but, um, I hate playing against shield and my brain is probably not big enough for all the shield nanigans that can go on. So shield nanigans. I just wanted to go, wanted to go a force, um, wanted to put she Hulk on the table as well, just cause, um, she's fun and she's got some good drop off candidates and i don't know just a interesting way to go but it's probably mostly webs if i'm being honest all right that sounds cool how uh how how has any of that been treating anything uh really successful out of out of those uh tests um i've played two games with it and both were webs um i mean spider woman i think was the all-star and it double agent is really fun especially when you play double agent um on a character like across the table so spider woman can potentially go or like to i used it to protect gamora who was going to get dazed i put it on someone like in the middle of the table and so if they wanted to daze gamora they'd have to go with someone else first and then um the character who i wanted them to wait to activate after spider woman would end up going at some point um basically because I never had priority that game because I was wider than my opponent's five wide team. Um, and so double agent was really cool because he ended up just going for Gamora, dazing her. And so I was able to um, all webbed up with spider woman or not someone else used all webbed up. Spider woman was able to pump 14 dice into Rhino. Um, and then she was, she would have been able to do it again had she not dazed or not dazed, uh, not dazed Rhino. Um, and so I thought double agent with all webbed up is pretty spicy tech. If you can pull it off, right. That's true. Cause you can get even more activations to take advantage of the effect. Oh yeah. It's awesome. Cool. Cool. And how about you, Justin? What have you been doing lately? Well, I mean, there's always X-Men. I play a lot of X-Men. I'm so glad I'm on the cast with you guys tonight because I'm sure you'll both uh, uh, say nothing but nice things about my my beloved mutants. Nothing but nice things. Yep, nothing but nice things. But I did try a couple of games with a dual-affiliated X-Men list where I ran X-Men, and then I did a Spider-Foes team that was very uh, extract-focused. Because you can bring um, well-laid plans, sinister traps, Rhino with his um, um, robbery card. Like it's very extract focused. So if I am on an extract that I don't like, I can pivot to that group and run them instead. It was it was fine. I, I ran it with a couple of games, and I get real distracted real easy, so I move on to other stuff. The last week I played Asgard because my new favorite piece came out, uh, Beta Ray Bill, and he's awesome. I, he's one of those pieces I'm going to put everywhere, but um, I wanted to try him in Asgard. 
that was fun. Um, that is also a dual affiliated team because I wanted a lower point total. So I built a version with a web warriors attached. I also kicked around a list with guardians where I would run star Lord rocket Groot, and then a two gem Thanos <laughs> as flash piece. And I decided I didn't want to do that because I would never run Asgard if I did that. I would just run Guardians every time because I have Angela and Beta Ray Bill who are also affiliated in there. So I could make pretty much any point total I wanted without even using most of the Asgardian pieces. So I, I scrapped that idea and never took it to the table. You got you got to keep away the temptation. It was it was yeah. seriously a temptation to go degenerate, and I was I didn't want to do that. This is a fun local game night. This isn't. Uh, I mean, you play with Nate, dude. Like I you do. can bring the OP stuff. There's other people there than Nate. <laughs> That's true. And then for this week coming up, I'm actually working on a criminal syndicate team because I've almost got my Ulick finished. I want to get him painted up so I can put him on the table. Is it Ulick or Ulick? I don't know. I mean, this is honestly like this character being released in MCP is the first time I've heard of him. So your guess is as good as mine. Yeah, I've heard of him. Like I've seen, I've read comics with him, but I've never actually heard his name spoken aloud. Uh, I, I feel like even if I did, I feel like it would be one of those things where you in like the same episode, one character would call him Ulick and one character would call him Ulick and just like the the Han and Han thing in Star Wars, like it's just kind of just interchangeable. <laughs> now, uh, is it me or does like Ulick Ulick seem like the kind of guy who would run around shouting his name like a Pokemon? He does seem is. like the kind of guy that screams catchphrases in his name and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's... he definitely feels like someone who speaks in the third person. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I actually funny you should you should mention that uh, for for what I've been playing lately I've been I've been I've been doing the the tabletop simulator league so I've been a little sweaty lately playing Avengers so that's kind of what I've been delving in even though I've been having a lot of ideas I, I've almost been kind of wanting to like lose a game uh, so that I can like play something a little bit more casual when I'm no longer in you know in it for the cut and but my competitive nature and sooner talking in the back of my ear telling me don't <laughs> don't just don't just drop the game you gotta win you gotta win the coach the coach rubbing my shoulders uh, i i you know I, I keep bringing in the sweatier things so i've been playing avengers uh mostly sam although i think for my last game i'm gonna throw at steve just for fun because i i like steve and i can justify being a little degenerate in the last round of the tabletop simulator league uh and i faced off against ulick it was the first time i, I faced off against the ulick it was in the criminal syndicate roster and it was pretty gross uh i i mean i knew i was going to be playing criminal syndicate roster so i, I brought hulkbuster as my tech piece and he rolled up with like kingpin and ulick and rhino and then some other pieces that didn't really I didn't really care about because all I cared about was the fact that they just rolled up and just stole all my stuff. And Ulick would just bounce around the board and be wherever he wants and he hit his wilds on every single punch. So he kept pushing people off, which is already tough because 
they count all the criminal syndicate characters count as two. So I'm trying to get two people on those points. So at least they're not scoring them and he's just pushing them all off casually. Uh, and, but you know, think, think the MCP gods that they gave me Helios laser bombardment that I was able to just pump 15 dice into Rhino and smoke his little gray butt off the board. <laughs> <laughs> Rhino also annoying, you know. Side note, because he's kind of aggressive. <laughs> so I would, yeah. I, I went up there just thinking whatever I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do whatever, and then I just put my uh, Hulkbuster in the center, thinking he'll just, uh, you know, influence whatever point he wants on scoundrels. And he grows up, pushes, you know, attacks Rhino, and then Rhino just moves back on the point. I was like, this is. This is how I saw this is going down. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I ended up winning that game by the graces of the Helios laser bombardment. <laughs> yeah, my games haven't been that sweaty. I don't think uh, Kenny's have either. No, not a, not even a little bit. One day, one day I'll be a little less sweaty. Uh, maybe after, maybe after this next match, if I lose. Then, I should be getting sweatier because Adepticon is fast approaching. Oh, when is that happening? Um, what three weeks from now? Oh, you need it's to get sweaty. The, yeah, I need to get pretty sweaty. So need, playing Criminal Syndicate this week probably isn't a good path. No, but yeah. no, you know, you need to put on that tank top. You know, get those barbells out. Start get the sweatband. Get the uh, montage music going. Start working yeah. it out because you got three weeks. You need to start whatever whatever games you get. You need to start preparing. Not just because you know you need to like get better at your list, but you just generally you just want to be as comfortable as possible with it. Whatever situation prevents so you know presents itself, so that you just know what you need to do. Now, what, now what would your training montage music be? That's an important question. That I is, mean, it would have to be a Kenny Loggins song. I mean, <laughs> that's pretty Fair much enough. like the the '80s, like any '80s movie with a montage had a Kenny Loggins song over it. So, mm-hmm. mm, yeah, yeah, and you should just—that means you basically need to play Kenny Loggins all the time when you're playing Marvel Crisis Protocol, so that you can then stitch it together as a montage and it'll work. I don't. Yep. I don't think my opponents would uh, appreciate that. Don't give them a choice. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Why do they get a say in this? Yeah, get a little Bluetooth speaker and set it up on the table, and plug yeah. my phone in. And hey, man, it's your Adepticon run, so yeah. Are they going to Adepticon? <laughs> and if they are, still, who cares? Anyway, so let's move on. We're gonna go to our main topic, which is gonna be these mono versus dual affiliation, and this has been a sort of interesting topic. It always comes up. Which, because way back in the earlier days of Marvel Crisis Protocol, we had uh, not as many characters on the list. You know, even Avengers, who was one of the largest affiliations out there, still you know was just barely cracking double digits. And other people, other affiliations had five, six people to their list. They you couldn't just fill out an entire roster with solely affiliated characters and some affiliations still can't do that but uh, the idea of running dual affiliated almost seemed like a necessity the uh but nowadays it's less of a 
of an issue. In fact, nowadays, most of the time, the conversation isn't even so much about affiliations, but every, not every affiliation, but most affiliations have dual leaders now, or, or many of them do. And these dual leaders present completely different play styles. You have Kingpin criminal syndicate, since we were talking about it, which is you know a bunch of potatoes kind of sitting on a point, steal, taking your extracts and sitting on the secure so that they score points fast enough that the game ends. But then you have Saraland Daredevil criminal syndicate, where they're all about pumping as much dice into you so you, so you fall over and almost kind of ex- extending the game a little bit so that they can win through their attrition. So it's very different approaches to how to play these individual affiliations. But we still see dual affiliations being played. So before I dive into anything specific, I wanted to get sort of that the the, the listeners get an idea of where our mentalities are. So Kenny, what, what is your thoughts about mono versus dual off the bat? My thoughts are... A lot of times I will, like if I have a bunch of characters who have two of the same affiliations, I will look at potentially making a dual affiliated roster, especially like if like they don't have tons of like affiliated tactics, like defenders, for instance, like I love playing defenders. Like I would look at playing them potentially with Avengers, but then I would probably just play Avengers all the time because they just have a better leadership and all that fun stuff and better actual good affiliated tactics. Um, but like someone like defenders would be a good candidate because they have, I mean, they also have convocation they can double up with, which is a fairly solid option too. Um, so it really just depends on like for me, one, if they have good a good mix of shared affiliated characters and two, if there's like a glaring weakness in um, a roster. Um, so I know in my in season eight, my last game of the, um, of just like the regular Swiss or what, what is it not? It's not Swiss. What's it called? I'm blanking. Yeah. Swiss. Okay. Swiss. Yeah. So my last game of Swiss, I played against a, uh, Wakanda, a force dual affiliated, dual affiliated roster. Um, and like I was talking with him after, and I think one of his big reasons he was dual affiliated was, for things like black order which i was playing um you don't really want to play a force into black order because i mean they can just absolutely shred she hulk so you got to have some kind of other option there for a leader or i mean there's always just i mean she hulk's a six threat leader so at that time 14 threat existed and you probably didn't want to play a force at 14 threat either so things like threat levels and um, just the shared affiliated characters are what I kind of look at when I'm making a dual affiliated roster. Cool. How about you, Justin? What are your just general thesis thoughts on mono versus dual? Well, I mean, they're similar to Kenny's. Like my idea is I don't just want to do it because the pieces are there. I want to do it because I have a need in the roster for something that the affiliation brings like i was saying earlier with my x-men team my x-men team they're great at pay to flips but certain extract missions they're just not so i try and shore up a weakness using an affiliation that is good at doing that sort of thing 
So that that's my mentality a lot of times. Now, one question I wanted to kind of bring up to you guys is how do you consider and feel about two different leaders of the same affiliation, like Steve and Sam, for instance, or Malekith and Red Skull in Cabal? Like those very, they're, they're very different play styles, but they're in the same affiliation. Is that enough to be considered dual affiliated? for this exercise? That's a great question. And it's hard to really define that because, I mean, first of all, it's hard to pull the data in order to see what people are doing because I don't think Longshanks differentiates that that well. So right now- It does differentiate leaderships. It differentiates leaderships. You differentiate the leaders. I don't know if they- Well, you go to the statistic. Yeah, the statistics page might not, or at least on my version of it where, you know, I don't pay as much on the Patreon. So, but, uh, you know, it's tough because, you know, it's, it almost feels like that is the case where we're not sitting with just X amount of affiliations. It's actually more because we have all these leaders and, you know, I mean, when I was playing Shadowland Daredevil, I include, I ended up including Kingpin in my roster, but it was mostly as a tech piece. It still was a mono affiliated list in terms of playstyle, because it was a Shadowland Daredevil led team. And then Kingpin was there just in case I ended up in one of the two scenarios where I was going to pro- almost automatically lose. Um, and, but there are other affiliations like you mentioned, like Sam and Steve, you know, they, they play different. But I, I do think criminal syndicates a good example because those two leaderships are very different from one another and they're very different play styles, but they're the same team. So, like, if you bring Kingpin and Shadowlands Daredevil with your team and actually build a list where you can run either of them, like, are, are you dual affiliated? Because I, I almost feel like you are at that point. Because the play style and the build that you're going for with those two squads are very different. Well, I think for the purposes of today's discussion, I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. I think that, but I do think that that is the topic point that might be something we talk about in terms of do we need to go dual affiliated because you can play dual play styles. So I, I, I would posit for this discussion that playing two different leaders in the same affiliation is still considered mono affiliation, but is dual play style. Does that make sense? I agree. Yeah. Uh, so for me, and I also thought that was a great point that you brought up about just not doing it just because it's there. Um, I know that a lot of people, when I've talked to them on the discords, they feel the need that, well, my affiliations share so many characters, so I might as well be dual affiliated. And that could be a problem in a lot of ways because you're just then doing it just to do it. And I've always been a strong proponent saying that if you're doing it, you have to have a game plan for every slot in your roster needs to have a game plan and shouldn't just be choosing it just because you can. But for me, I have pretty much always been a mono affiliated individual. Uh, there was one run where I was playing a force and I dual affiliated into Wakanda. And I actually did, you know, sometimes play a force and sometimes play Wakanda. But other than that, I, for me, it's just a little, it's a little too much of a turns. I, I, I always felt that when you're playing dual affiliated, it presents you with a problem at turn zero. 
and it it gives me the puzzle of which affiliation do I take uh, between the crises and then my opponent. And I felt like that opened up too many avenues of me making a mistake and just losing turn zero because I chose the wrong affiliation. And I didn't want to give myself that that uh, possibility. Yeah, that's that's fair. It's easy to overanalyze and maybe choose the wrong thing. Now, I, I do I do want to bring up there are certain groups like you were saying, like Wakanda is a good example because they have five affiliated pieces in the game currently. They have five. They, only, they have five. They only at most use four, and that's a. Stretch. I only count three. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> I mean, if you only have three pieces in your affiliation, you'll bring like Winter Soldier to fill it out, but you have six more unaffiliated pieces you're bringing, or could you bring a second affiliation just because you have so many slots left? Like they're like Winter Guards like that too, where, you know, you only have like three or four pieces you're bringing. You probably should bring a second affiliation just because that one squad, while you might run them 90% of the time, there's that 10% where you might not want to run them in a 20-point game. I mean, there was there was the time back uh, not too long ago where Wakanda was ran as a, as a mono-affiliated roster. That they, that they presented all the tools they needed to win the games that they were playing without having to dip into a dual affiliation. And it almost felt like, with Wakanda anyway that people were splashing Wakanda into their rosters, into their other rosters. Like, I'm playing Asgard, so I'm going to splash Wakanda in because of my five, my very expensive pieces. So I, I need to... And the same, that's what I did with A-Force. Uh, nowadays, I mean, people don't play Wakanda as much, but nowadays, I don't, I don't know what the landscape is for these small rosters. Yeah, and there's... I think... Certain teams, like Kenny, he's a big Black Order guy, but like I'm a, I'm a firm believer that groups like that that have a really expensive leader. Now Black Order has an option now for Corvus, so it's a little different. But back when it was just Thanos, you almost had to have a low threat team so you could run. Back then, it was like fourteen. Fourteen points is almost impossible for Thanos in the past. And, you know, if you've got like a Malekith squad, that's an, another situation that's similar, where if you're running a seven-point leader or a, a eight-point leader, you almost need a squad that has a lower-to-the-ground sort of point total to have an option to have a chance on some of those matchups. Now, I'm not saying that, I mean, you can run a 15-point list with Malekith Cabal and destroy people. I'm not saying you can't do that. But there are certain teams where you might want to have a wider option. You might want to run through four or five pieces at 15 points instead of three. And I, I think that's kind of something that squads might kind of keep in mind when they build out. Just if you're dealing with a point total that you have to have a really high threat piece as your leader, A-Force, to a lesser extent, groups like um, um, Defenders and X-Force and uh, that sort of thing, you might want to bring a group with maybe a three-threat leader that you can run some splash pieces that you were going to run with your splash anyways, but you can also run a 
lower threat affiliated team. Yeah, I mean, I feel like a lot of that comes down to the the difficulty of these high of not even these higher threat leaders. It's more it's mostly these five threat leaders that don't have you know a pivot option for their leadership elsewhere. Like no brotherhood runs mono a lot of times, and they have a six threat leader. Yeah. But now people are realizing they have a three threat leader that's actually really good. Oh yeah, they actually have a, a really usable three threat leadership. I mean, she definitely got a bump from the crisis changes. Definitely, definitely. but uh, I, I would actually like to just take a moment and break out some stats here. So I, I went on Longshanks and I pulled up five of the most recent, uh, I would say, larger tournaments, uh, both of them being uh, basically I did Sanctuary, Weekender, Crisis at the Cafe, the LVO Qualifiers, and LVO. The, the smallest of these tor- tournaments is Crisis at the Cafe with 28 players, but all of them are uh, respectable numbers of players attending. And there's a decent amount of sweat. Is that what you're there's saying? There's a decent amount. Yeah, the people are thinking about my, 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 what I'm saying is that people are thinking about what their rosters are. They're not just showing up at a casual eight person tournament and saying, I'm just going to play whatever. This is, these are, the, these are tournaments where I think pe- the majority of the people are thinking about what they're bringing. So let me just break out a couple of these stats. So sanctuary games was 30 players. It had seven dual affiliate rosters. Weekender was 64 players. It had 13 dual affiliated rosters. Crisis at the Cafe, 28 players, had five dual affiliated rosters. The LVO Qualifiers, the big one at 91 players, had 20 dual affiliated rosters. And the LVO uh, actual event, the Invitational, which was 64 players, had 19 dual affiliated, which was the highest percentage of them all. They, outside of... LVO Invitational, which was 30% dual affiliated, everyone else hovered about 20% of the rosters are dual affiliated. And just as a side note, outside of Crisis of the Cafe and the qualifiers that was so massive, it was impossible not to have a, a unused roster. X-Force was not used. Yeah. <laughs> just, just a little side note of, of that. But that makes me sad, but I get it. <laughs> I get it too. So, so we're looking at an idea that uh, at a competitive rate, twenty percent of rosters are dual affiliated. And I feel like that's down. Uh, why? Why do we think that is? I am curious. The number of affiliations that have the membership that they don't need to be dual affiliated. Like, how many of those lists were Avengers, Cabal, X Men, Brotherhood? those sorts of groups that, you know, it's like you can run a fully affiliated team and have all of your bases covered and not need to splash anything if you wanted to right. with those, those groups. And if I had to guess, and even criminal syndicates, one of those, cause they ha- I think they have like 13, 12 pieces, something like that. Like there are groups that you can run almost all affiliated pieces and be good. And I think that those are some of the top meta performers. Like the the four I just listed are probably out of like the top six teams. They're probably the top four. Yeah. 
I mean, Guardians is another one that tends to run. Yeah, and Guardian, Guardians is also, you know, they have a lot of affiliated pieces. And they might splash like a big piece or two, but you're not dual affiliating with the Hulk or anything like that. You just, you run Star-Lord. That's your leader. Right, yeah. They're the, they're splash the, the affiliation. Although they're getting less less and less like that because they're getting so many great pieces. But yeah, uh, yeah. So, so I guess, I guess, I mean, it feels like, I guess the question when you're looking at this, when there's only 20% that are bringing them, what what would honestly, is, is that the only draw? Is the only draw for dual affiliation that you're bringing a dual affiliation is because you're running an affiliation that isn't built out enough to survive on its own. Kenny, how about you toss in some thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably most of it is just an affiliation needs some love or just can't handle certain matchups. Like I said earlier with a force and Wakanda, I mean, you know, there's a lot. Yeah. It's like you're saying there's, they're, they're leaning more mono affiliated when you get to the more competitive events. I just, I think that the competitive minded players when you're going into an event that might be six games over the course of a full day you want to run a list that you know the pieces you're going to use to deal with every encounter every matchup when you split that into two different affiliations that play very different from each other that doubles the amount of brain power that you need to know it's like all right i'm on researcher and oh what what do i want to run with this matchup oh do i want to run my 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 web warriors or do i want to run my black order what am i doing i don't i don't know and like i can see where a competitive player would go you know what it's way easier to run avengers and know that i'm going to run steve and know that i'm going to kick ass with my pieces and not deal with any of this other stuff I've got a great affiliation of characters. I don't need to worry about any variables. I'm just going to go with what works. Right. And something else to take into mind, and, and I'm obviously going to side more mono affiliation. I usually, when I look at a roster, I, I, I build a roster with one affiliation in mind. And I think about how do I solve for X using the pieces that I have available to me or any splash pieces. But with when you're in a, a more competitive event, this is usually you know, four or five rounds in a day, which might spill into a second day that might have another three rounds or so, you you kind of, you don't want to have to think as more than you need to think. Does that right. make sense? That's why convocation is not taking that big events. They're too big brain. Hmm. Yeah, that's why most big events I play mono affiliation because my brain isn't big enough for two. I mean, it's not about being big enough brain. Like, I, 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 I first of all, I call my brain doesn't. My brain doesn't have enough wrinkles. Then is I that, call. Is that okay? I call. I call baloney on both of you. I think that both of you, especially since you have stated that you play dual affiliation, uh, you both can have the brain power in which to play a game dual affiliated. But for anybody, the 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 mental tax of having to work with two affiliations, both in the preparation of the two affiliations into the meta, as well as in the game when you get to hour eight and you're trying to make your decisions, you don't want to give yourself too many, uh, you know, pitfalls on your own roster about what you're supposed to do in the situation. 
I will also say, and the this is probably the main thing that holds me back from running dual affiliations very often. Tactics cards are becoming an issue. Because if yes. I run an affiliation that has, you know, I have my two restricted cards, so I have eight left to pick from. And then I have maybe two affiliation cards. Then I'll have like a, a, a specific character card or two I want to bring. And then there's, you know, like fall back or um, mission objective or something like that, like a, a non-unique card that I want to bring. I don't have enough slots left over to bring an affiliation that has another two cards for the affiliation and one or two cards for characters that they bring. Like it, it's, there's enough of a tax there that, I can't afford to bring a second affiliation a lot of time. So I stick with one because it's what works for the tactics cards. I mean, can you believe that there was a time where we only had eight tactics cards? I can. And it was horrible back then too. I, Although I, back then it was different <laughs> because there were fewer like character specific cards and it was a lot more just non-unique, just anyone can use them cards. So it was different, but yeah, it was but, so bad. But also, like, I remember when the, they made the announcement and they said, we're bumping them up by two. We're going from eight to ten. We're going ten tactics cards, ten characters, ten tactics cards. Pretty easy. And everyone was like, who's the big winner of this? Dual affiliations. Because now you have more room in your roster to fit that extra one or two cards that you, you needed in order to go dual affiliated. And they... Everyone was, I mean, not everyone, I assume, but a lot of people, you know, speaking out there were talking about how this was going to be the rise of dual affiliation. And I feel like when things came out, it changed and it kind of stayed steady and has since declined. Yeah, I mean, the first thing I have to say is the community's often wrong about a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, this is true. <laughs> what? Um, have you been on Facebook? <laughs> As an upstanding member of this community, I will fully admit I am wrong all the time. Yep. I'm, ne I'm never wrong. Um, yeah, Justin, Justin's wrong a lot. Yep. <laughs> but the other, the other thing too is, I mean, at that time, they weren't still, like they hadn't started releasing all these cool character and affiliation specific tactic cards. Like it was still, they were still pumping out like a, pretty decent amount of just generic tactic cards so around that time is when like we really start to see the shift in amg's design from away from those generic tactic cards and towards like playing more specific stuff so i mean it kind of makes sense too like at that time like if they just kept releasing the same way i think that take is probably accurate but we had these changes to how they were doing their releases. And so we ended up in this spot where it's like, okay, like I have all these affiliated characters. I have all these affiliated tactics. So I want to take these um, affiliated characters, but because I have these affiliated characters who have their own specific tactics, I want to take those two. And then it kills all room you have for that like dual affiliation tactics slots. I mean, unless you were to take a bunch of, like, I mean, Spider-Foes is probably a good example of this. They have one really solid, like, affiliated tactic card, and then they have a ton of, like, character-specific ones that 
could potentially be easily flexed somewhere else. So like they would be a pretty easy candidate, I think, to go dual affiliated because you can bring those character specific cards into the other affiliation and flex them there. I'd argue spider foes don't really have a spider foe card they need. The only one that you have to be spider foes to run is Sinister Traps. All the others are character specific. Yeah, exactly. Which I I like because I like some of those characters as splash pieces, and I don't necessarily want to always run Spider Foes. I, I do love that affiliation, but it's not a group that I necessarily want to run every game. But when I can run Venom and bring Lethal Protector with Guardians or whoever, or I'm running Rhino and I can bring This is a Robbery with whoever, I think it's awesome. Yeah, exactly. That's But it makes it hard to dual affiliate because for each character that I bring that has that tactics card attached, I don't have that many slots to bring character-specific cards for those what-if scenarios where it's like, oh, what if I'm going to run Spider-Foes this game instead of my X-Men? So, yeah. I mean, but they'd be a good one to run with, like, Criminal Syndicate where Rhino fits there, Mysterio fits there. I mean, it's always been the classic, you know, uh, Spider-Foes Criminal Syndicate you know, play, right? Yeah, exactly. But I, I, I think I'd be uh, remiss to not mention that currently in the West Bracket of the Tabletop Simulator League, uh, there is a 5-0, and o, you know, solo Spider-Foes player. Now, I don't, I don't, you don't see their roster, so it's possible that he could be a Spider-Foes Winter Guard roster, uh, and he just never played Winter Guard, but I'm, I'm pretty I'm feeling pretty confident from seeing his interactions on the internet that he is the Spider Foes guy. And no offense to any of my my podcast mates that are in the tournament. He's who I'm rooting for right now. I love Spider Foes. Oh, he's Yo, you Avengers guy, what Brotherhood, whatever. No. Spider Foes, man. That's what I want to see win. They're too sweaty for me. The, the spider phones are too sweaty. No, phones. no, our, <laughs> our co-hosts. Our, yeah, the co-hosts. Yeah, they are too sweaty. But I just don't like losing games. <laughs> Isn't that so wrong? Can play spider foes. Yeah, go play spider foes, man. And then I'll lose games. I actually did play, take a stint in playing spider foes, and I and I, I I it is playing spider foes is one of the few times that I beat sooner. Just saying. there, you have it. Spider-Foes have the, the best roster of sculpts and pieces in this game. They're fun to put on the table. I think they're awesome. They, they are. I, I definitely think that um, if I played more in person, I would play more Spider-Foes just because they they look great on the table. Although the, this is two weeks in a row we've talked about, we've gushed about Spider-Foe models. I, so part of what makes me wonder about this conversation uh, where it's kind of leading me towards is it feels almost like the constant thing that comes up is characters are coming up that have great tactics cards, affiliations are filling out, and we have leaders. And so it almost feels to me like that is sort of the downfall of dual affiliation beyond all the other stuff we talked about but like 
now let's it almost felt like you needed to have a dual affiliate as an out but now it feels like these dual leaders are the reasons why you don't need to dual affiliate and you can just go up there and say i'm the i'm the x person oh wait does that mean a mutant never mind uh <laughs> you know if, I'm the, if i am the Come on, man. <laughs> I'm the person who is playing this affiliation. I am known to be the Spider Foes person. I am known to be the you know Avengers person, and you can do that now because of how how these affiliations have built themselves out. I, in my personal opinion, I actually think that more mono focused affiliations is good for getting new players into the game. Because when people see how many releases there have been, they get very overwhelmed. And the, you know, FFG, which is sort of like the progenitor of AMG, sort of, kind of, maybe, they, all their games in the past used to have a gotta catch them all mentality where if you missed out on a single card that came in some pack, mm, yeah, your roster would suffer. And AMG, to their credit, has moved away from that pretty much completely. If you look at the past, you know, six, eight months of releases, all of the cards have been very impactful, but they are impactful for the pieces included in the box and not someone else down the road that might need it. Like the the this is a robbery. That is a card for Rhino. So if you like Rhino and you want to put Rhino in your roster, he has a really good card to go with him. But you can't use that card with Star-Lord or Thanos. So I I, I think that's good for the growth of the game because people can come in and say, I really like Asgard. I think Asgard is fun. Oh, sweet. There's this start collecting box that has four pieces and all the leader and, you know, I can get started with these pieces. Then I'm going to buy a couple more boxes and the starter set and I'm good. I have a team that I can run. I can go play in tournaments. I can go to my local game store night and I don't have to buy $3,000 worth of pieces of like Ant-Man and the Wasp and Sin and Viper and whoever else to collect all this stuff. When they release the the crisis pack, people are not going to need to buy extraneous boxes that they don't necessarily want anymore. I think it's great. I, I'm I'm excited to see it. I mean, I, you know, I remember because I used to play X Wing, and I think X Wing is one of the X Wing is the worst, the worst yeah. for this. I mean, let me let me let me tell you something. For those of you who don't know, like X Wing, there was one point in the game where they released an epic ship, which is one of those big ships, an Imperial epic ship. That not only they they had to make up this ship. The ship does not it did not exist in Star Wars canon until they made it for this game because they needed to come up with a ship that fit the scale of X Wing and Imperials did not have those ships at that time. So they came up with a ship that didn't exist, so it could exist for this game, and it cost a hundred dollars to buy this to buy this ship. And it came with a ta- it came with a tactics card. It came with a upgrade card, a crew card called Emperor Palpatine. And this card was one of the most busted, broken. Like you have to have this card if you want to play Imperials 
Ross uh, thing that ever existed. So it was a $100 card. And there's no way to get this card unless you bought this $100 ship. There was a lesser time prior to that where you had to get the Corellian Corvette to get the C-3PO card. Yes. It was also very integral to running lists back then. Or you get the now, you, you, you get to buy, a, buy, a, that, buy the uh, Star Viper so you can get the Auto Thrusters card. Like These were like necessary yeah. cards you need. And those were cards, like the, Star, the Auto Thrusters card was a a card that could be used in any list. It wasn't just faction locked. You had to buy the, like everyone was buying this one ship that they never use so they can get a piece of cardboard. And there was, you know, to extent AMG was doing that a little bit with uh, the old, you know, med pack, pack, you know, you know, character pack of Gamora and Nebula. But uh, it's really good to see that they have found a better business way of handling their, their tactics cards. Trust me, I, I've seen people do this where they'll get into the game and say, I'm only going to play this one affiliation. And then a month later, they'll be like, man, I saw this collect you know, the Wakanda box is coming out soon. And that one, I mean, you get all, you get all the Wakanda pieces you needed in that box. But when you start dipping your toes in other affiliations, you want to play more. And when these comic IPs, you don't just know, say, I only want to play Web Warriors because that's the only comic I read. Well, even if you only read Spider-Man comics, he works with the Avengers, he works with X-Men, he works with all sorts of different groups throughout the years. And you might like some of those characters. You might want to put them on the table too. So you can go pick out, like, you know, Rogue and Gambit or whatever, just because you want to run Gambit in your team because you like that character. So it, people will still buy packs. They'll still support the game. But having it more faction-focused, whereas before it was more got to get everything. And I, I am ashamed to admit I've been in that crew for a while where I have way, way, way too many pieces. But I, I think it's good that they're sort of reining it in. Now, with their design philosophy, they really do want to keep it so you can run anybody with anybody and keep it very open. But I don't think they're designing the game right now for dual affiliations. Until they expand the roster and the tactics cards, I don't see it coming on very strong. I mean, I would argue that I don't I don't know if AMG, you know, I'm I'm obviously don't have a key into the designers' minds, but I would think that they I don't know if they ever really thought of this game as a dual affiliated game. Like they they like the idea of you know, create whatever crazy combination of characters with to fit within your affiliation splash these characters you know your what if scenario team up heroes villains whatever they love that kind of stuff you can tell you can see them talk about it when they talk about shatterpoint but i you know i think when they think about the game they think about this game a lot from when you're playing the game and when you're playing the game whether you're a dual affiliated roster or not does not really matter because once you're in the game you're to that one affiliation yeah, that's very true. Um, I don't know. They they definitely want to make this experience as cinematic as possible. Um, and however the players go about doing that, like I, I think they're pretty happy with that overall. And I think they like seeing people have 
fun and do like these really cool things with their characters. Like um, I know we've talked about Rhino, like having Rhino be able to just like rob someone and yeet them away um, at a moment's notice. Or, I mean, I mean, they create, they created the Sentinels and like, Normally you couldn't have two of the same character in a roster, but because they're Sentinels, like they change rules there to make things more thematic and fitting with the affiliation. So I definitely see them wanting to just encourage players to create these cool things and these cool rosters. And I mean, all that matters is like you said, once it hits the table, like, is it cool? Is it fun? Yes. That's all that matters. That's that. I think that is a really good stopping point on this part of the discussion, and I think that we will tell you a little bit about our sponsors. Looking to fulfill all of your plastic desires? Well, look no further than our sponsors. There's GameChefs.org, where you can save an additional 15% off at their already discounted prices using the promo code GAMERSGUILD. That's capital G in Gamers, and then lowercase guild. And then you can use our codes with Tritex Gamings, our partners over in the EU. Um, go to their website, um, tritexgames.co.uk, um, and use the code TritexGGCP5. That's all capital letters, TritexGGCP5. Additionally, uh, you can support the guild through supporting us on Patreon. And additionally, if you just want to come and talk to us, come find us on Discord. The link will be in the show notes below. All right. So I think one the best ways to round out this discussion about the mono versus dual affiliation, I think we did got some really good insights from all of us here, and is to go into some of the listener questions, the podcast questions. And uh, some of these we hope we've already kind of answered, but I think... Uh, uh, touching on them still helps kind of give a certain shape and format to what we have already discussed about as sort of a summary. So our first question is from Eric B. With the growing amount of characters in the game right now, most affiliations, except Wakanda and Winter Guard, have a reasonable amount of characters to play mono affiliation. If the characters are less and less of a reason to dual affiliate, what are the main reasons? Is it tactics cards, affiliation weaknesses, or crisis combinations? How about you start, Justin? So this is a question regarding... Basically, since there are less there are less reasons to do it because there are less characters... It used to be that there are less characters. Since there are now more characters and affiliations, what is the reason to dual affiliate? What is your main reason to dual affiliate? Well, I mean, like you said, we, we've talked about a lot of these reasons. I think the the main ones that I would recommend people do, I would start with, A, if your roster, if you have like four affiliated members or three affiliated members and you're trying to fill out your team, having a second affiliation for higher point totals, that's probably A, number one. The second would be to kind of fill the gaps on deficiencies. Like if your team is really good on secures and really bad on extracts, maybe bring a group that can work a little better with them. Um, it's kind of shore up inefficiencies with your, your main roster. That, that That's the main two things I would think. What about you, Kenny? Yeah, I mean, I Justin pretty much took anything I'd say about that. And then, I mean, just 
one other reason is just because, I mean, you want to play those characters. Like if you want to have Nick Fury and Thanos in your roster and you want to have some other members of the Black Order and S.H.I.E.L.D., like by all means, go for it. Um, there's no there's no right way to play this game. And so if you want to dual affiliate or, I mean, our next question will get into something even crazier, but also a lot maybe a lot more fun. Um, if you want to do that, like by all means, go for it. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I'm hoping that everyone's enjoying playing this game. And if you're enjoying it, playing dual affiliated or mono affiliated, like that's the right way to play for you. Yeah. I think that's actually a a pretty good sum up. I have nothing further to add, so I will not add time to this podcast. And also, how do you know what question I'm going to ask next? You don't know what my order is. (laughs) I'm assuming it's, it's the order that this was posted in. Uh, maybe the next question is from tabletop dad. Boo. <laughs> That's the order that makes sense to me. I don't know what order you're looking at. Uh, the, are there some affiliations you would only play mono affiliated as there's no benefit in other affiliations being splashed? Uh, I'm going to go with the easiest answer and, um, Avengers. Avengers are probably the main. I I, I don't I honestly say Brotherhood as well, because whenever I build Brotherhood these days, I find I even I splash even less pieces in Brotherhood than I do in Avengers. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Kenny? You got you got a a mono affiliated only. Um, I would say Black Order, but I think you can actually make some fairly decent dual affiliated rosters there. Um, so I will say shield. Yes, that was, if you didn't say it, I was going to say it. I, I would say shield as well. And that's mostly because it's like tactics cards, the affiliation. Yeah. Yeah, There was so many crazy tactic cards available to them. And even through their affiliated characters that you really don't need to pull from anywhere else or flex anywhere else. I mean, there was a period I tried really hard to try to make the Sentinels and Shield work as a dual affiliation because mm-hmm. many of the pieces that, that I I play in Sentinels are Shield play pieces, and Sentinels I felt like is one of those affiliations that wants a uh, a, a a dual affiliate, but it just never seemed to really work. Like it never felt right. Yeah, that's a pretty hard one to do. I. I had a Sentinels webs dual affiliated roster that like actually worked fairly decently. Um, just cause I mean, you need like all webbed up and um, what's the directive one. Yeah. Um, and then like you can take like spider tracker and uh, maybe like another Sentinels card and like you're generally fine to just do whatever else with the tactics. So like, I mean, general rule of thumb, I would think, I mean, this is going way back to probably earlier discussion, but I mean, I would think like you can take two affiliation tactics from each one. Like that's probably not too much. All right. Well, let's go on to our next question uh, from Mr. Pancakes. 
Do you think, because of the wide selection of affiliated characters, is the game in a place that is more viable to run a mono-affiliated team instead of a dual-affiliated team? For instance, is the focus of a mono-affiliated team more beneficial than the flexibility of a dual-affiliated team? And I would say, we did cover this to a certain extent, I would say that the mono-affiliated teams are probably proving out to be a little bit more um viable not to say that dual affiliated are not viable they're clearly you know everyone has their own dream and they they can make that dream work in this game uh but i would also posit to say that i i feel that mono affiliated teams are have more flexibility at this point than dual affiliated teams for the rosters that can pull it off with that sort of flexibility yes sure i mean like if you're playing obviously i'm not talking about a team that can't really run mono affiliated well, i mean i'm just like a group like the defenders they, they have a pretty big roster they are not built to pivot well they're they're not they're not, they're not, just built, not built that they're way. not built well you know <laughs> i wish i wish Suter were here because he might try and defend them no he, no he wouldn't no he yeah, wouldn't, he probably wouldn't. I, i'm the one who would defend them yeah. and i mean yeah i'm just saying yeah. like there, there are teams out there that have full rosters that don't have that luxury. And I think it's more of the high threat leader teams. Mm-hmm. Like, a Force yeah. is another one. A Force is a, a good example. X Force yeah. is a good example. Defenders are a good example. The only team I think that can do it is mostly because they have a, a, a varied roster is in humans, but you don't see in humans very much these days. Five years, not, not, not yet. I mean, I, I think that the teams that you're seeing being more viable out there are these mono affiliate teams that are able to be flexible. Either they're being flexible because of their um, their large affiliation size, or they're flexible because they have a cheap leader, or they're flexible because they have multiple leaders. Uh, the 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 more successful ones are these, you know, the Guardians, the Avengers, the uh, Criminal Syndicate, the Brotherhood, the X Men. You know, they're all affiliations that are fantastic and f- incredibly flexible. I think the dual affiliations actually poses less flexibility because of that strain that they put on these tactics cards because they you have all these great tactics cards for for the affiliations as well as these character tactics cards and it's hard to fit them all into your 10 and i think that ends up making it so that you're it has this illusion of flexibility because you're like okay well i can hit these threats better because i don't have to play my sixth threat leader but it is not actually flexible because your options of what you can do within that affiliation are are limit or even more limited than when if you just ran mono affiliated in my opinion i have nothing to add to that then i will continue (laughs) the next question (laughs) Uh, dakota asks and this is a long one uh when playing dual affiliated rosters i find tactics cards to be super limiting out of your eight after restricted how many can you realistically dedicate to each affiliation on top of that, with the affiliation tactics cards becoming more prevalent, it seems that dual affiliations are going to struggle to find space 
put all the tactics cards they want. I think this is something we've we've talked about uh, repeatedly in this episode, uh, which is just that yeah, the tactics cards is one of the biggest deterrents of using. Now, I will say, Kenny, you are a a fan of Black Order. And they tend to use their restricted card slots from gems and not tactics yeah. cards. So if you have 10 full tactics card slots to pick from, are you more inclined to bring a dual affiliated team? Or do you still want to st- stick with just one Black Order roster? Um, I mean, I've been tossing around the idea of doing like a dual affiliated Black Order shield roster in my head. But they both have so many good like we we I mean we talked about how great shield tactics are, but like black order tactics are phenomenal as well. Um and so like that's kinda hard to do. Um just because I mean they've got mothership, they've got first of the black order, um they got blood despair, um draw, uh, they have black onslaught, execute, like that's five right there that I really enjoy taking in my list. And like, there's probably some that I could take out if I'm going dual affiliated just to make life a little more easy. Um, but I mean, definitely having no, um, no restricted tactics could make that easier for I mean, me as well. It's not, it's not as great of a benefit as it sounds like because you're taking up a tactic slot, a tactic slot for the, alternative leadership so it, it it's really kind of like they're just getting one extra tactic slot free because they're putting their restricted in gems well i mean if i didn't take the corvus leadership and i was just relying on like thanos black order um that could be a lot easier too mm, but why would you do that that sounds less fun it, it doesn't sound fun. like thanos, thanos is a crutch sorry <laughs> finger guns um <laughs> But I mean, there is one leadership tactic too that just got revealed: um, the Hellfire Club. Yes. Yeah, that's what's going to go in. That was the next thing I was going to bring up. Yes. That's that's going to be just. I mean, a stupid easy way to one, potentially one play piece of affiliated. one card. That's all you need to have a second leadership. Well, yep. okay. So here, here's the question I have for you, folk, about that. So you just say. You just need one character and one tactics card, and now you can just dual affiliate. You can just do whatever you want. What about all those Dormammu people out there? He's just one ta- He's just one card character, and so a threat is almost the equivalent <laughs> of three characters. Come on now, yeah. <laughs> not a not a like for like comparison. Um, but to answer his question on um, how many tactics to dedicate to each affiliation i sort of touched on that a little bit earlier um but i mean i realistically think like at most you'd want to do two for each affiliation because then you have i mean two for each affiliation and then assuming you're not playing black order dual affiliated like i might would um then at that point you have your two restricteds and then you have four just whatever the heck it is you want as those last four um, tactic cards. Um, And that can give you some kind of pretty good flexibility, I would think. See, I I would say that 
you want at probably at most two of two affiliate tactics on one of your affiliations and then one on the other. I think that was part of the reason why Wakanda was so good as a splash is that they just brought the one. Uh, web warriors, I, web warriors aren't don't really have. It's not they're not what they used to be, but they used to be. All you needed was all webbed up, so they're an easy earth splash. Now they got like spider tracker and all this other stuff. But you know, I think that you you one of your affiliations, if you're running dual affiliated, has to be an affiliation that just is bringing one tactics card. In my opinion. And A Force is one. Of, A Force is one of the ones that needs two because I think you definitely are bringing stalwart and you're definitely bringing drop off. I mean, <laughs> totally not drop off. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> uh, the new nouveau drop off. Uh, you know, so and that, so that means that's why A Force Wakanda was so popular is because there's only the one from. So I mean, it could make sense an A Force an A-Force Hellfire Club. Uh, that makes sense to me because you just need the one tactics card. Yeah, that would be pretty pretty sweet. I don't think you're going to see it as much because I don't think Emma is the kind of candidate you want as a splash piece in a lot of rosters. She's She's good, but I don't think she's like great, like every team's got to have her sort of piece. So well, you I mean, if you if you, you need that slasher in like a force, yeah. like you just you she's just there as that pivot point. Like when you with Wakanda, for example, you rarely in a force Wakanda, you rarely played Black Panther out of those combinations. That that it was almost like Black Panther was your Emma. Like Black Panther Wakanda Forever was was basically your Emma and Hellfire Club because you weren't uh, playing you weren't playing with. Uh, Black Panther when you're playing A-Force and you weren't playing Wakanda forever. So it'd be the same thing here. Uh, Emma doesn't get played in A-Force, most likely. And then she has her tactics card. I'm not saying she would be bad with A-Force. She might be fine. I'm not much of an A-Force player, so I can't say for sure. I'm just saying, from a person who is really excited for this character, I'm not sure she's going to splash easily into every roster like that. Yeah, I have... No idea. I honestly don't even know how good or bad this affiliation. The leadership is, is a lot. I, I, it, I'm not sure how it's going to work. I am excited to see how people can break it because I think it has a lot of potential to be cool. Right. Yeah. It definitely has. It feels like. It feels like it's got something in there, but. I'm not gonna be the one who figures it out, and I'm probably not buying that box. To be perfectly honest, so oh, I'm buying it. I'm totally buying it. I'm tempted that- to buy it just because I like any kind of shenanigans. Like my love for shenanigans trumps my dislike of mutants. I just I so the model. It's tempting. In my opinion, looks so bad. <laughs> Her sculpt That's- is a little on the boring side. I will grant you that. It's so static. It looks it looks like Dazzler. I I, I nothing nothing. I mean, Psylocke actually in that box, uh, it kind of excites me, and I love and I love her tactics cards. But Emma does not do it for me, so it's hard for me to know where she would. But if ever there was a character who could usher in 
some dual multiple dual affiliations out there i i feel like it's got to be this right it's like the cheapest it's got it's the cheapest um, buy-in for a for a dual affiliation but does it make your other affiliation better i guess is the question like your whole roster better uh maybe maybe yeah maybe maybe does maybe doesn't I'm gonna I'm gonna have Justin go on, on the record and tell us because you're you're the mutant you're the mutant lover here so you got to know you got to tell us tell us yeah that's true tell us I'm not giving away any of my secrets to you haters what don't <laughs> all right all right don't give it to us we'll all right give it to our listeners I'll Kenny, close my Kenny, ears yeah Kenny we're Kenny and I are, we're we're gonna we're gonna I'll, silence I'll mute ourselves and you won't be able to hear us just the list all right we're not listening. Moving forward, Justin, talk to the listeners. Promise I'll skip past this part of the episode. Go for it. Listeners, don't listen to these guys. X-Men are awesome. Play them. They're they're great. They're amazing. They're fun sculpts. The leadership is amazing, so long as you're not playing Cyclops and Cable. But if you play uh, uh, Storm and Weapon X affiliation, they're both really fun. You should, you should do them. Um, act like I answered the question. You done? You, you were silent yeah, for done. a second. Okay. So you, you gave everyone the, the skin. Yeah, you can come back. Hey. Yeah. The, uh, the full lowdown, everything they need to know. All right. You told them everything about Hellfire Club. Yep. All right. I'm I'm hoping right. that you did because uh, I don't know anything about that, that, that affiliation. All right. So uh, was there any other questions? You, you mentioned a, a spicy question, Kenny. Did you see something I didn't see? Yeah. There was a... Let's see. Let me let me pull it pull back it up. up. Pull it up. Pull it up. The listeners so need to know. This the spicy question was get that weak mono and dual affiliation nonsense out of here. High rollers play sextuple affiliated. <laughs> and that is from uh one of our patrons, Brad A. Um, and it's basically uh from what it seems like, just completely relying on Spider Woman because she has five inf- affiliations that she's a part of. And so, I mean, he's got every leader for her. He's got She-Hulk. He's got Steve. He's got Strucker. He's got Fury. Um, Dormammu. Yeah, and he's got Dormammu, and he's got Miles. So, like, that's, by my math, six affiliations. Um, and, I mean, there's tons of characters that yeah, why, spread why across Emma, those affiliations. Why is Emma not in here? Uh... That's a good question, Brad. That you is could an have seven. Question. You could have seven affiliations in this roster. I, I my question is, can you actually affiliate? <laughs> like, um, like can we, I guess we? Could, I'm trying to. I'm trying to look at this roster just for the. Uh, this is great, great radio. Uh, but uh, just so, you, <laughs> so everyone knows, this is Spider Woman, She Hulk, uh, Captain America, Steve Rogers, Dormammu, Baron Strucker, Nick Fury. Spider-Man, Miles Morales, Arnon Zola, Black Cat, and Captain Marvel. And I think you can. I, yeah, I think you can. You basically I'm, need I'm what? Cu- uh, let's see. Yeah, we have three Hydra. We got three webs. We got three. three, three Avengers. Uh, we got four A Force. Four A Force. Um, uh, the three Shield. shield. Wait, wait, what's the three Shield? One. Oh yeah, um, yeah we got three Shield. Captain oh, Marvel. That's X. Captain Marvel is not a uh, shield. She's not? No, she's not. 
Oh, I mean, it's a travesty to be perfectly honest. She oh wait, She Hulk is Shield. She Hulk is the one who's Shield. Yeah, but that's a really pricey Shield. It still counts. It's like it's a. Yeah, I don't think you're going for like top tier roster here. You're going for how many affiliations can you yeah. slap into one list? Yeah, but you can get you can get there's three of each. This is uh this works this works this works. Yeah, the the math checks out. I I personally would put uh, Sam Wilson instead of Steve Rogers in here, um, but I guess Captain Marvel really likes Steve Rogers, but I think. I think Spider Woman really likes Sam, but She Hulk really uh, likes Steve. Yeah, yeah, it should be Steve. You're you're right, Brad A. It should be Steve. I don't know. It seems fun. I would I would play it, but I don't own Dormammu, so. You know what? I am potential. I will tell you there is a greater than zero percent chance that I will play it in my TTS uh, league match this week. Oh, if, I'm commenting. I'm saying that you're doing that officially. <laughs> I didn't say that, but I said that it is. I, I will say that if I was no longer in contention, I would absolutely run this list. It looks absolute, like absolute madness. I've told everyone you're doing it, so now you have to. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know what? All I have to do is I just have to run one of these affiliation leaders and then I could say that I did. <laughs> There's no other proof. Longshanks provides nothing else. All right. Well, I think that's enough for this week's episode. Uh, is there anything else that the two of you want to toss in there about uh, dual affiliation? Otherwise, we're going to hop into the end game. I do not. I've said I my spiel nothing. on having fun with it. So, yeah. all right, play play things that are fun. Play things you enjoy. Play characters you think are cool. And if that means you're bringing a dual affiliation, then awesome. So we're gonna jump into the end game. We don't do this all the time, but when we have a little bit of time, we want to toss in a little extra spice to the episode, and we're just gonna talk Woo-hoo! about something that you know is you know not Marvel Crisis Protocol related. It could be Marvel related, but not. Crisis Protocol, and we're going to go to our guest first. Kenny, can you... Uh, <laughs> You're the worst. Can you give us your end game? Um, my end game is a game I've yet to play, um, but I picked it up yesterday at our LGS, and that is the new Star Wars deck building game. Um, I played a, a handful of deck builders, um, and so was excited that they announced a Star Wars version. I looked through the rules and it seems pretty fun. So going to look to try it out with uh, one of my friends here in Birmingham next week. Nice. I I definitely want to hear about that because I was very interested in this game and I want to know, I want to know more. I want to know if it's good. Justin, how about yourself? Well, um, the game, aside from Crisis Protocol, that I've been amped up for, my friend from back home, we we do a lot of um, tabletop RPGs over Discord and TTS because you can actually get some tabletops where you use minis and roll dice in there. Like it's not the same as rolling physical dice, but it's close enough that you sort of get the feel of being at a table. But we are gearing up to start a 
tabletop RPG game called Deadlands Hell on Earth, which is an old older game. This came out in like the mid 90s, but we've literally played it since the first edition came out back then. Mm-hmm. And um, my friend Neil, he is uh, running the game and I have been amped up for this. Like we've been making characters and going over backstories and just gearing up for this campaign to start. So that's what I've been amped up for, pumped about. I had to look up when it was made to see if it was older than me or not. I am officially older than that game. It's, it was made in 96, I believe, 97, something like 98. That. Oh, that's right. The original Deadlands was made in 96. Ah. I'm much older than that. <laughs> so, that's okay. That's okay. Existential dread come, creeping in. Um, all right. <laughs> uh, for me, uh, my end game is uh, Midnight Suns, Marvel's Midnight Suns. Uh, on whatever platform it is currently available in, I'm not sure. Uh, but the it's it's a phenomenal game. If you're on the Discord, uh, and if you're not on Discord, you know it should be in the show notes. Just click on that, join our public Discord. But we have been talking a lot about it. It is so much fun. It is a card based, um, like turn based strategy game, sort of like sort of a Slay the Spire meets XCOM. It's made by the people who make XCOM. Uh, I would say that there are things in the game that are absolutely horrendously bad. Luckily, you can hit, you can skip past all the things that are horrendously bad about the game and just play the combat, and it's sublime. I've been playing it since November, since it released. and I've, How often do you miss on a 95% chance to hit? There is, there. okay, there, it's not there. there isn't any percentage chance. That mechanic does not exist in this game. All right, then that if, that's a good step from XCOM. <laughs> so you don't. You, there are a couple of characters. Um, there are a couple of characters that rely on some RNG based to their uh, very powerful effects, and there is this part of the game where you can knock somebody into like a pit of hell or into off the side, off the edge of the board, and into like doom and. When you do that, there is like a percentage chance, depending on how much health is left on them, whether or not they fall, they actually fall. And if they fall, then they, you know, they're knocked out completely. But outside of that, you say, I'm going to do this thing to somebody. It happens. No, there's no missing. So uh, this game has been on sale, off and on on sale pretty much for the last month. So I would strongly suggest if you have the platform in which to play it, then go out and play this game. It's amazing. I love it. It's the only thing I play. Now, is is it only on like next gen platforms or is it on PC as well? It is on it is definitely on PC. I know it's on PC. It is on next gen platforms and it's supposed to, I don't know if it has been released, but because I I don't own it on that platform, but I know that it is coming out or has come out on PlayStation 4, the whatever the latest last Xbox was, and it is even coming out on the Switch. Okay. I uh, I, I don't know. I don't know how well, that's that going to work. Well, that might have me actually buying it. I don't know how that's going to work, but uh but you know, so it's it's a it's, it is a wonderful wonderful game. Play it. So, that's it for this episode about the mono versus dual affiliations. I hope this has been helpful for everyone out there trying to decide what leaders they're going to be putting into their rosters and 
what they want to try out there when they go to their local game stores. Um, that's all we got for you. So, as always, keep on gaming.